This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. All right. So I have uh, seven people who answered the poll question. That is very good. Alhamdulillah. Uh, let us look at some of the answers that you have uh, mentioned here. Yes. Um, the... All right. So I have uh, seven oh. people who answered the poll question. That is very good. You heard me there again. Uh, as our... Camera falls. <laughs> okay. Now, what is the... Uh, the people of the book can you hear me people hello what happened no now I go yeah 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 uh, your camera froze I can hear you but your camera froze oh my god hold on hold on no man A glitchy computer, no. All right, I think I'm gonna have to like uh, exit the call and come back. Hey, you guys, because uh, I think my thing is frozen. Uh. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Can you see, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, it's good. It's good. Yes or no? Yes, it's good. Okay, alhamdulillah. Let's get started again. I'm sorry about that uh, little hiccup there. Alhamdulillah. Uh, oh, there's two of me. Let me uh, let me remove this. Stop video. This is very interesting. I don't know what's going on. Ah, oh, finally. Oh, yeah, Allah. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what's going on with my computer today. I thought it was all, all cool, but apparently not. All right. So, who are the people of the book? You can see the poll still, right? Okay. Let's uh, just yeah. get the poll. Okay. The, peop the people of the book are Jews, Jews or Christians, uh, Jews or Christians, or both the Jews and Christians. And the correct answer is both the Jews and the Christians. Very nice. Okay. So, that for us is our first thing, the first item of the poll. The second thing in the poll is uh, which uh, the most famous prophets were sent to which ethnicity, right? Uh, the most famous prophets were sent to the Jews, Bani Israel. That's correct. 
when it comes to the Muslims, uh, we actually, uh, you know, have uh, only one a prophet, Prophet ﷺ, who came to us specifically, but in fact, he is the one who was sent to all of mankind. All right. Uh, third question. The third question is, the last prophet sent to Bani Israel was Isa, Musa, or Yahya. The correct answer is Isa. Okay, Isa salam, is the last prophet that was sent to Bani Israel, and he was the prophet right before the Prophet. Uh, so, in essence, uh, everybody before the Prophet was sent to a specific group of people, but the Prophet was sent to all of mankind. All right, the first major battle that the Prophet وسلم, fought was uh, okay, uh, Badr, Uhud, Trench. Or he didn't fight any battles. The correct answer is actually the Battle of Badr is the first battle that he fought. The first major one. Okay. Now, the Prophet ﷺ, did he have enemies? Yes or no? Type the answer, people, for me. Yes or no? Did he have enemies? He did, I think. Mm, he most definitely did. Did his enemies try to harm him? What do you think? They did yes no? pretty sure. Yeah, so here's the interesting thing. The Prophet ﷺ, now let me ask you this question. Do you think his enemies were his friends before he became a prophet? Yes. Mm. People, uh, I like uh, all of you to try to participate. Maybe select yes or no from the... Uh... Yes, very good. Thank you for that, Isra. Correct. His enemies were actually his friends before, okay? They used to uh, be friends. And if not friends, they used to appreciate, uh, you know, that the Prophet is a good person and whatnot. But like the Quran says, It is not you, O Prophet that they are, uh, that they have a problem with. But it is with the signs of Allah. It is with the revelation of God that these people have a problem, right? So uh, the idea is not that um, they had a problem with the Prophet, uh, or uh, the idea is that the Quran mentions is that these people became the Prophet's adversaries or his enemies because they could not, uh, they did not want to accept what the message of the Quran was. So instead of saying the message of the Quran is incorrect or whatnot, or trying to say, let's talk about how we don't agree with it. They did what's called shooting the messenger, right? They said, we are not going to accept the messenger and we are going to uh, say this messenger is a bad person and we're going to become his enemies. So that the message that he's bringing becomes forgotten and lost. You see, that was the strategy. So his friends and his family members, people who were like close to him previously, they are the ones who became his enemies as he started to preach and call people to Islam. Now, of course, not everybody did. People accepted Islam. Some people were not happy, but they didn't become enemies. But there, a large number of them did become enemies. So much so that they expelled the Prophet from his hometown, his hometown of Mecca. And uh, they couldn't hurt the Prophet physically because the Prophet was a, a person of uh, dignity and honor and he was well protected by his family members. But they did hurt the Sahaba, his companions. 
And then they would say, because of you, O Muhammad, uh, these people are suffering because of you, O Muhammad. You see, that's actually more torture, right? Because you're blamed for the suffering of others. It's because of you that they're suffering, right? That hurts even more. So uh, they did all of these things. And the Prophet left Makkah to go to which city? He left Makkah to go to? Medina or Yathrib. Medina or Yathrib. It was known as the Yathrib before. Well done, Abdurrahman. And then it, when he reached there, uh, it was renamed Medina to Nabi or the city of Medina of the Prophet. Now, funny thing happened. You think his enemies were like, okay, he's gone. All right. Alhamdulillah. Now he's gone. We're just going to move on with our lives. Do you think that happened? No, they they wanted to like kill him. They wanted to kill him. They pursued him, and they're like, "No, we're not gonna let him just get away. We don't. We're not gonna let him just do his own thing. We are going to go after him." And that is why there was the battles that the Prophet had to fight. And the first was Badr. The second one, the fifth question is the Battle of Uhud. That's the fifth, uh, the second battle. Excuse me, that the Prophet, the second major battle the Prophet fought, and that's what we're gonna talk about today: the Battle of Uhud. Now, what is uh, Uhud, people? What is Uhud? Uh, I put three choices here. A city, a country, or a mountain outside of Medina. I'm glad that all of you selected a mountain outside of Medina because that is what Uhud is. How, how many of you have actually seen Uhud like in person? Okay. I, th uh, I think I did. Um, maybe, I'm not sure. Like I went to Medina, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I saw it because I didn't know what Uhud was. Okay. So the mountain of Uhud, when you are, uh, you know, when you pass by Medina, you are going to see it. It's very, very like obvious, right? It's a very obvious place because it's a very, uh, like it stands, uh, as you enter the city, as you approach the city, you will see it and you're like, oh, wow, that that's, that mountain is, uh, it's, it's huge and looks super cool, right? And that's the mountain of Uhud. I'm going to show you a picture of that, okay? The mountain of Uhud, as you are, um, so right here, this is a picture of the mountain of Uhud, okay? Uh, uh, right like this, and the city of Medina today is like sprawling all around it. You know, it's like in different, different places uh, people are living, but this is the mountain of Uhud. You know, you also have, uh, there's some people who live or they uh, work in the actual place of the Uhud mountain, right? Like right here, they actually have like little uh, shops and sh homes here, okay? But from the city of Medina, right? If you were to go to like, like this example, this one right here, that is where the Masjid of the Prophet is. This is a good picture. Let me show, open this uh, image in a new tab, right? So this is a good image, right? This is the Masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi okay? This is the Masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi and uh, right here uh, is the, uh, you know, these are where people live today. And if you head out of the city, at the outskirts of the city is the mountain of Uhud. Okay. And uh, as you can see, the graves of the martyrs of Uhud uh, are right here. They're marked. And there's like, you know, little communities living here and there, here and there. Right. So it's quite interesting how this is the, uh, uh, you know, this is how it is. Uh, and uh, other pictures of Uhud. This is a nice image of Uhud as well, right? Uh, a nice, um, um, nice, nice uh, wide shot of Uhud. It's a pretty nice and, uh, you know, large mountain. It's not very tall. Uh, you are able to climb it if you are, you know, in good shape. You know, it's not like 
climbing Everest or something, right? So it's not like a massive mountain, it's but it's a decent sized mountain, okay? Now what's interesting about the mountain of Uhud is that it was it's a mountain that's outside uh, Al Madina, okay? And it's a mountain that uh, the uh, Prophet says about that this is a mountain that loves us and we love it. Okay, what did he say about it? He said, this is a mountain that loves us and we love it. I.e., this is a special mountain, right? Uhud is not like any other mountain. This is a really special mountain. And when it's, the Prophet said, it loves us in the sense this is a, a part or this is a uh, something of the unseen, right? This mountain has... Uh, you know, uh, has has a way to express its love, or has a way to carry love for the believers, those who believe in the Prophet Sallam. Uh, this is something that the Prophet has told us. Now, the Battle of Uhud, the Battle of Uhud is uh, the battle that we are going to talk about. Why are we talking about the Battle of Uhud? Because that is the battle that the Prophet Sallam fought. That's mentioned in Surah Ali Imran. Okay. Sheikh Arij. Yes. Did he lose it? Uh, hello? So, this is... Um, uh, we're going to talk about that, inshallah, as we get to that, okay? But first, let us discuss or talk about what actually transpired in the Battle of Badr, shall we? A uh, Battle of Uhud, shall we? The Prophet, sallallahu the first battle that he fought was uh, the Battle of Badr. And that was a great victory. The Battle of Badr was a phenomenal victory for the Muslims. Um, it was something that uh, the Muslims were expected to lose. It was not supposed to be like a, a victory. Okay, uh, But it was something that unexpected against the odds Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the believers to win. I'll show you a picture of where... Uh, Badr is today. So see, this is Medina al-Munawwara. You see the screen, right, people? Right? And, yeah. And about uh, 100 miles or, uh, you know, 160 kilometers is the area of Badr. That was the first major battle. The Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba traveled all the way here to fight and participate in the very first battle that took place, okay? But then, subhanAllah, uh, uh, this was a, a major victory for the believers. Uh, the second battle took place in the mountain, in the site of Uhud, uh, because the people of Makkah who lost the first battle wanted retaliation. They wanted revenge, okay? So the Prophet ﷺ says to the Sahaba, hey, uh, uh, people, these people are coming again to attack us, Okay? They're going to come and attack us one more time. What should we do? Okay. Here are the options that we have. Option number one, we stay inside Medina. Hmm? We stay inside where? Inside where? Tell me, people. Medina. We stay inside Medina. Okay. And when we stay inside Medina, what we do is we... Uh, uh, because... Our army is smaller than the army of the people of Quraysh. Quraysh has more army. Our enemies have more fighters. Okay. So uh, since they have more fighters, let us try to negate their advantage. Right. Let us try to negate their advantage 
And let's do that by making it so that the space that they're all in, that we're all fighting, is a very small space. Hmm? You with me? Second option is let's go out to an open battlefield and fight. Okay. What are the two options? Option number one, stay inside Medina. Hmm? Option two, open battlefield. Let's have a fight there. Okay. One and two. Which one do you think the Sahaba, uh, let's say, which one do you think the older Sahaba chose? The older, wiser Sahaba? One or two? One being inside, two being outside. They chose inside. Hmm. People write the answer if you can write. The older Sahaba who were wiser, had more wisdom, said, number one, let's stay inside Medina and let's fight inside the city. The city is small. We know the city. We live here. We have the advantage of knowing things that, you know, uh, streets and pathways that our enemies won't, right? And we can protect ourselves and negate the advantage of the enemy. Is that a smart thing? What do you think? Yes or no? Uh, yes. It depends. It's a totally smart thing, right? Because you have now taken away the biggest advantage that your enemy has, which is their, 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 their numbers, right? The, the, the numbers that they have, uh, that they have more numbers than you, uh, you have taken that away from them. Okay. Now, the younger Sahaba, all right, the teenage Sahaba, the the ones who were, you know, in their early uh, early twenties. Young adults. Young adults. They said, which one? Stay inside, or go outside. Go outside. Which one? One inside, two outside. Which one did they pick? Mm. The younger Sahaba said, let's go outside and fight. Mm? Let's, let's show them who we are, right? We're not scared of anybody. Let's go outside and fight. Mm? Now, the younger Sahaba were actually more in number and they were a little louder, right? Louder in the sense that they were more vocal, okay? So when they started, then the Prophet asked the people, what should we do? They spoke, they spoke more, they spoke more vocally. And the Prophet said, okay, let's do it. Hmm? And the Prophet would have this, like, this kind of meeting in the masjid. Okay, He would gather everybody in the masjid. They would sit and he would say, people, this is what's happening. We have two options. What should we do? Okay, uh, That's how the masjid was used. It wasn't just for salah and then go home or sit there in the corner and read Quran. The masjid was a place where we gathered, gathered together, discuss things that are happening. This is happening to us. An army is coming to attack us. What should we do? What should we do? That The masjid was used like that. The masjid was used like a homeless shelter. There were people who lived in the masjid. Hmm? Did you know that? Ashabu Sufa. The people of Sufa. They lived in the masjid because uh, they didn't have a home to live. That's how the masjid used to be. Okay. Now, the Prophet says, okay, great. He goes out of the masjid to his house and he puts on his armor, right? He puts on his, you know, protective gear and he comes out. Now, as he was putting on his protective gear, the older Sahaba were upset with the younger Sahaba. They're like, how could you say that, right? How could you, you know, like be so vocal and didn't really have a chance for us to discuss this and the Prophet accepted your opinion uh, so now they were kind of regretting, right? They were like, oh, you know, we should have been a little bit quieter. You know, that, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, appropriate. The prophet comes out in his armor, right? 
Uh, you know what armor looks like? It's like steel and metal stuff. Not steel, more like metal stuff that you wear to protect yourself. Uh, you know, from the blow of a sword, right? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. The Sahaba say to the Prophet, "Hey, Ya Rasulullah, I think let's stay inside." The Prophet said something very interesting. He says, "It is not appropriate for a Prophet that when he has put on his armor, that he takes it off before Allah has judged between him and his enemies." What does he mean by that? He means that once we have made a decision, once we talk about it, and we agree, this is what we'll do, and we made the decision, we're not going to flip-flop. We're not going to say, well, actually, let's change our mind now. Mm -mm. We made the decision, we're going to go ahead with the decision. And this is one of the most important things we learned from the life of the Prophet is how should we make decisions collectively, Right? Should I just say, you know what, this is what we want, I want to do, guys, and everybody has to follow what I have to say. That's not going to get you anywhere, okay? Or should I say, let's have everybody's opinion. Let's hear what everybody has to say. That probably won't work either because people will say random things. The best way to do it is that the one person is making a decision. Before he makes decision, he consults the people. In Arabic, in the Quran, this is described as shura. Hmm? He does shura, asks them, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? They give their opinions. And then this leader, the one who's in charge, makes the decision and everybody follows. And once they made the decision, there's no flip-flopping. Okay? So the Prophet says, now we're not going to flip-flop. We're gonna, we made the decision. We are going to go to the mountain of Uhud. We're going to go outside of Medina and fight in the battlefield or in the plain of Uhud, where the mountain is behind us. Now, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, chose this place extremely wi wisely. He wanted to ensure, right? He chose uh, Uhud as the place because Uhud, as you can see from this picture, as I'll show you, right? If you are fighting on, a, you know, in a in a ground in a battleground like this, in a plain like this, right? What happens is that. Uh, you could use the back of the mountain, right? You could use the back of the mountain as like a protective shield. Isn't that right? It's like a wall that protects you. Your enemy is not going to climb over the mountain and come down the mountain, right? That's too much for them. They're going to get exhausted. Their, their horses can't just scale the mountain and then come down the mountain. That's just too much to ask, especially with a large force. So if you stand in this area, the back of the mountain will protect you. Am I right or wrong? Yes or no? Right. Okay. So the Prophet makes a very smart decision. Okay. And then again, the Prophet was a very smart man. Like he didn't just do things like randomly. He said, oh, Allah, Allah will help us. All right. It's all good. Right. No, no. He was very, very calculated. Very smart. Okay. So he says, you know what? Okay. We're going to fight in the open ground. Sure. Let's pick Uhud because Uhud has a mountain that can protect us from the back. So we only have to worry about the enemy from the front. And then also let's do something else that's interesting. Yes? Let's also do something that will help us win this battle. What is the other thing that will help us win this battle? This little mountain. You see this little mountain right here? Right? Compare the two images. You see this image of the big shot of uh, Uhud. You see this little masjid here, right? Yes or no? The same masjid is right here. Do you notice that in the two shots? This masjid is right here. Yes or no, people? Yes. All right. So, the interesting thing is that this particular place, 
this little mound you see this lady sitting here reading quran and there's a bunch of people gathering here right this area is called jabal ruma the mountain of the archers the mountain of the of the what archers archers why is it called the mountain of the archers because the prophet put a flank of archers on this mountain okay now Imagine, so this image right here, this is Jabal Rumah right here, and this is cut off a little bit. Right here are your archers in this area. Can I use annotations? I can't for some reason. Okay, never mind. Okay, in this area right here are the archers. I think you can see my cursor. Right here behind you is the mountain of Uhud, yes? Hmm? What's in front? Well, in front is the army. The army will come, you know, probably attacking or approaching this way, yes? Yes yeah. or no? Yes. So now what happens? Now you, the army can attack you from the back. So you're safe, right? And as the army approaches, you can, you know, fire arrows at them as they're approaching. And what would that do? It'll would that um, do? lower it will the numbers. Them. It will kill them. It would negate the numbers, right? Their advantage goes from being huge to almost none. In fact, you have the upper hand. Because you have strategically set up your army. Your archers are, you know, firing arrows and your uh, back is protected by the mountain. huh? And all you have to worry about is whoever survives the arrows that makes it past to fight you, you fight them. Hmm? Is that a good idea or not? Hmm? What do you think? People. Good idea, good setup, yes or no? Uh, yes. It's a great setup. That's an extremely smart way of setting up the battle to make sure that your disadvantages are reduced and their advantages uh, are also, sorry, your disadvantages are masked, right? And their advantages are, re are reduced. So that's an even battle, okay? The Prophet does a great job in doing so. Uh, so we should win this battle then, right? Yes or no? We should win this. What do you think? Should, should it be? It should be a victory. Like, look how nicely the Prophet has set up everything. What could go wrong? Okay. Two things went wrong. Two things went wrong. Number one. The Prophet said, uh, as the uh, as the Prophet and the army, his army reached Uhud, they were a total of 1,000. How many? They were 1,000. Okay. Now, they reach this place. They are a total of 1,000. And there is one person in Medina who leads a group of people known as the hypocrites. The what? The Hypocrites, the munafiqun in Arabic. Okay, these people are the ones who they pretend to be Muslims. They're not really Muslims. They're pretending to be Muslims. The munafiqun, hmm? the munafiqun uh, didn't want to fight. These people who are pretending to be Muslims never really wanted to be in the middle of a battle, right? Because uh, in reality, that would mean that you have to sacrifice a lot. Yes or no? Yes. Hmm. You have to sacrifice your life, maybe, right? So, uh, 
they were like, well, no, no, let's not go fight. No, let's stay back home. Yeah, look, a worker is saying, let's stay in Medina. Yeah, let's stay in Medina. Why do you have to go outside, right? And then when the Prophet made the decision to go outside, these guys started panicking. They're like, yo, this is not what we signed up for, <laughs> right? We didn't, we, we sure, we pretending to be Muslims here just so that, uh, you know, we, we don't get into trouble, right? But in reality, we didn't sign up to, you know, fight for our lives here, right? Now, as they reach the battleground of Uhud, the chief hypocrite, and I want you to remember this name, the chief hypocrite, his name is Abdullah ibn Ubay. Abdullah ibn Ubay. This is a very, very dangerous man. In fact, this is a man who has caused more harm to the Prophet than probably anybody else in our history. Hmm? Serious thing. Named Abdullah Abdullah ibn Ubay. Ubay. Says to the Prophet ﷺ, hey, I don't think there's going to be war today. I don't think there's going to be a battle today. All right? So I'm going to go and take my people and we're going to go back home. Hmm? There is no war today. We're going back home. Okay? And not just that he went back home, he took with him a third of the army. So the army of the Prophet was how many originally? A thousand. One thousand. After Abdullah left, it was? 666.666. Close to around six to 70 people. Only. All right. Now, that is massive. You've just lost 330 people, right? It's like, imagine if you had to do um, something uh, like a test that takes exactly half hour, right? Exactly half hour. You need every minute of those 30 minutes. Okay. It may not be difficult, but you need the time. Hmm? And then all of a sudden, the time before you start writing the test, someone says to you or your teacher says to you, you actually have only 20 minutes to do it. That's very hard. All of a sudden, you are now something that you would have won, something that you would have gotten perfect on, all of a sudden, you're probably not going to get a good grade on. Something, a battle that should have won, all of a sudden, you're probably going to lose. Not because of your mistake, but because of one person right, who was so corrupt and so evil that on the evening of the battle, he decides to take his people with him. It's not like he said, okay, you know what, oh prophet, if you're going, we're going to stay back. If he, the prophet knew that, he wouldn't have come out, right? It's the evening of the battle when they're all lined up to fight is when he says, you know what, we're not staying. You battle this yourself. We're going home because we don't think there's, any, there's going to be any fighting. Now, the Prophet is left with only a third of his army. Okay? Uh, that's a huge blow, right? Then he's left with, Sallallahu the army is no longer, so it's very small. The second, remember I said there's two reasons, two important reasons why, two important reasons 
why Uhud was a defeat. Okay. Number one is this. Number Abdullah one is Abdullah ibn Ubay, the chief hypocrite Abdullah ibn Ubay. Okay. The second reason is, remember the 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 uh, the mountain. What was the mountain called? The uh, small little mountain. Jabal Rami. Ah, the 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 mountain of the archers. Archers, right? Do you know what archers are? Yes. Right, these guys. Yes, the archers. They were supposed to be on the this mountain. Yes, there were about you know seventy of them. You know, okay. Now, despite the odds, the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba could still win. You know why? Despite being reduced in number, because of how beautifully and strategically the Prophet ﷺ set everything up. You see, now the Prophet ﷺ says to the archers, he says to them. You stay here. You don't move from here. Even if you see that the vultures are eating our dead bodies. Hmm? Even if you see the vultures eating our dead bodies. You guys know what, what vultures are, right? Yeah, they're scavengers. Scavengers, yes or no? Vultures? You know vultures, right? Like this. They eat dead flesh. Cadavers, Right? The Prophet said, even if you see vultures are now devouring our dead bodies, you archers don't move from your places. Was he clear? Uh, yes. Yes or no? It means like, don't move no matter what happens. It means don't move no matter what happens, right? Even if you see vultures eat eating our dead bodies bodies okay now he was supremely clear what do you think did the archers here's a question did the archers leave their spots what do you think yes or no they type didn't the type the answer for me these archers were sahaba they're great people hmm? you think they left their yes Ah, Abdurrahman gives a detailed answer. Mm, people, tell me, what do you think? What do you think? Yes, they left their spots. Mm. Don't move, even if you see vultures eating our dead bodies. Okay. Now, what will cause the Sahaba, right? to disobey the Prophet What could cause the Sahaba to not listen to the Prophet of Allah Sallallahu right? They thought they won. Ah, they thought um, they won, right? Yes. But what did the Prophet say? Don't move. Don't move, no matter what happens, right? Is that not listening to what the Prophet had said? That wasn't listening. There wasn't. And then what happened was the following. As the Prophet now he's already shorthanded, right? Yes? Yes. Yet, despite being shorthanded, they were still winning. But then, subhanAllah, what happens? The archers see the retreating army of Quraysh, the retreat, retreating army of Makkah. 
And they, they said, you know what? The battle is over. And they said, let's go and do what? Let's go collect the, the stuff, the spoils of war that the people, the fleeing army is leaving behind. You know what spoils of war are? Hmm? The loot of the other army they gave up. Ah, spoils of war, the other army, the stuff that they leave behind, yes? As they are running away, hmm? as they are running away, they leave stuff, right? They, 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 they like, you know, are, um, uh, you know, like they, they would like drop their, uh, their, their swords, they would drop their shields, they would drop, you know, all like valuable things, right? And they would run away because when they're running away to save their lives, they don't really care about what's, what they're carrying. Are you with me or not? Hmm? Yes. Okay. So as they are running away and as they are trying to, uh, you know, um, flee the scene, they, they drop all these valuable items. And basically whoever collects them gets to keep them, right? Whoever collects them gets to keep them. Now, the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, had explicitly told them, do not, do not move, right? But they moved and they moved because they wanted to, they wanted to do what? Grab the loot. Grab the loot, yes. They wanted to get the free stuff. They're like, we can't miss out on this. We can't miss out on these like free stuff that's being left behind by the people. Hmm? So we are going to get it. Someone said to them, hey, the Prophet said, do not leave. It doesn't matter what happens. Do not leave. They said, no, the battle is done. We have won this. We are going to go get this free stuff. Now, what happens is that as the uh, the archers leave, the archers, this is like, you know, a, a dramatization or a picturization of the mountain of Uhud. Uh, in this area right here is where the Muslim army is and the Prophet's camp, all there right here, right? Another image of it I'll show you is right here. Uh, the Prophet's camp, right, is right here. You see? And the archers are right here in Mount Uhud. Um, open image, a new tab. Sorry about that. Right there. You see? This is what it looks like. Mountain of Uhud, the Prophet's camp is right here. The archers are right there. Okay. Now, as the... Uh, 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 good point, Walid. Dropping the armor and weapons was for making people stopping to collect them and for the retreating army to run faster due to the armor being heavy. Excellent point, right? You're being chased. You drop your armor. The one who's chasing you stops to collect the stuff you dropped. You get a chance to run away. And also, because you're lighter, you run away faster, right? Excellent point, yeah, Walid. Well done. Okay, now this is the, uh, the the image. Okay, the prophet and his people are here. This is where the army set up. The archers are raining arrows at the Qurayshi people. They can't attack at all, right? This is the Ubay, Abdullah bin Ubay's army leaving, yes? Now the archers get off and they walk down and they start to collect the stuff from over here, right? That the fleeing army is, uh, has leaving behind. These guys are running back this way. The Muslims are chasing them this way, yes? They're all in this area right here. The archers come down. And then who spots this weakness? Khalid ibn Walid. 
Wait, is he a, was he a Sahabi? At that time, Khalid ibn Walid was not a Muslim. At that time, Khalid ibn Walid anhu, was a polytheist. And he was fighting for the people of Mecca against the Prophet. He sees that the archers have left. Huh? And what does he do? He takes his infantry. He takes his cavalry. Hmm? And he goes around the mountain. The little Jabal Rumah. Hmm? This, little, this little mound. The horses can climb this very easily. Like, you know, if you were to climb it, you can climb it in like a like 10 seconds, okay, on your foot. The horses can climb it just as fast, okay? And he slaughters everybody on this little mount, okay? They all die. Now what happens? He attacks the Muslim army from the back. Hmm? And now the Muslim army that was, uh, uh, you know, um, advancing is now no longer their back is protected, Right? Now they're getting attacked from the back. The retreating army stops and says, you know what? We can actually, we have a way to fight back now. They stop, they turn around, they start attacking them from the front. And now the Muslims are being sandwiched by the cavalry of Khalid bin Walid from the back and by Ikrimah and Abu Sufyan in the front. Mm -hmm. And that is destruction. That is devastation. That is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ did not want to happen, right? He planned everything so that this situation would not happen, where you are caught in the crossfire of your enemy. Because then you have no chance, right? Even if you have a lot of people, you have no chance. When you have very few people, you have very little chance. When you have a third of your army leaving you, you are hopeless at that point. You are lamb to the slaughter, hmm? That's what it was. And that's exactly what the Prophet didn't want to happen. And that's exactly what ended up happening. The archers leaving their spot. Those two were the main reasons. And then there was chaos. There was killing. There was, uh, you know, all the archers were killed. Hmm? All, uh, many major Sahaba were killed. Uh, martyred, excuse me. Hamza, radiallahu anhu. Musab ibn Umar, right? The Prophet lost a tooth, two, two, two teeth, in fact. He was, you know, blood was pouring, gushing down his, his, his cheek, dripping down his beard. So many, such devastation was being unleashed, all because two reasons Abdullah bin Ubay, the hypocrite, the two faced hypocrite, the liar, taking away a third of the army. And then the archers. Wanting the free stuff, wanting stuff for themselves, being greedy, huh? Being greedy, greed was the reason. What was the reason? Hmm? Greed, right? Wanting stuff for your own self that caused the defeat. Even after a third of the army left, they still would have won but they lost because of the greed of a few. All right, let's look at what the Quran says about this. Okay. Uh, now, the Quran says here, this is where we start. Okay. We're going to read this all uh, one by one. Okay. Uh, let's let's have a, a couple of volunteers uh, read uh, for us, inshallah. Can I have like a few show of hands if you don't mind?
couple of people. Okay, uh, Abdurrahman, you want to read? Not really. No, Abdurrahman. But okay. okay. All right. Uh, very good. Can I have one more volunteer? Uh, Arham, can I volunteer you? Yes. All right. Thank you, Arham. All right. Can uh, Arham, can you please read the uh, the ayah and Abdurrahman, you read the the translation. Okay. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ غدوت من أهلك تبوئ المؤمنين مقاعد للقتال والله سميع عليم When you set out at dawn from your home to ascend battle positions to the believers God hears all and knows all mm. Next one إذ هم الطائفتان منكم أن تفشلا والله وليهما وعلى الله فليتوكل المؤمنون. When two groups from among you were about to lose heart, God was their protector. In God, let the faithful put their trust. Mm, okay, pause for a second, please. This is when هم الطائفتان منكم أن تفشلا what is this referring to, right? Let's look at what the tafsir says. The tafsir says that this was uh, two groups of two tribes of the people of Medina, Banu Salama and Banu Haritha. Hmm? Uh, they wanted to, lamma raja'a Abdullah ibn Ubay, al-munafiq. Hmm? You see what it says? Abdullah ibn Ubay, the hypocrite, when he was, when he went back, when he retreated with his Third, a group of Sahaba, Banu Salama, Banu Haritha, people who saw the Prophet with their eyes, heard the Quran from his mouth, heard the hadith from his mouth. They thought this was the, these were real believers. They were like, should we stay behind and fight? Like, really? Is, 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 is that what we should do? Think about that. How devastating is the bad influence of a person right bad people their influence is so strong that even the sahaba were like you know in a mo for a moment they were considering should they follow the prophet or should they follow what the bad people are saying you see that this is what happens but allah says wallahu waliyuhuma but allah was with their, their protector allah SWT made sure that they didn't lose heart that they didn't follow the hypocrite, they stayed behind. This is a very important lesson, you guys. If you are always going to listen to bad people or people who say things that are uh, you know, inappropriate, uh, if the people who influence you are going to be people who are, uh, they, their priority is not to work uh, you know, for the sake of Allah, their priority isn't to be a good Muslim. Their priority isn't to... Uh, you know, uh, live this life as if we're preparing for our next life in Jannah. If that's not their priorities, that influence is going to be bad. And it was bad even for the Sahaba who saw the Prophet with their own eyes and would pray Fajr behind him and would listen to his hadith and would learn from him. Even for them, this was a difficult thing. How about for the rest of us who don't even see the, the Prophet haven't met him and we're trying our best to live our lives. Right? It's how dangerous, how dangerous that bad influence was. 
Now continue, please. Yeah, Abdul. Uh, yeah, Arham and Abdurrahman. Jazakumullah khairan. By the way, if anybody else wants to volunteer, please just raise your hand and then I'll ask you to read as well, inshallah. God had already helped you a better when you were weak. Fear God so that you may be grateful. All right, stop for a sec, please. Thank you. Uh, can I have uh, Abdul uh, Muhaymin read as well, if you don't mind? The, the translation, Abdul Muhaymin, is that okay? Okay. All right, I'll give you a break, yes. Uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Badr next. Right? He's like, look, you won at Badr, at Badr even though you were such a small group of people, right? Antum Adilla, you were weak. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made you win. Meaning that if you trust Allah, Allah will give you victory, right? You do things right. You follow what Allah has asking you to do and he will make sure you win, okay? It's not about necessarily uh, your numbers and whatnot. It's actually about how, uh, you know, how dedicated you are to what Allah and his messenger are saying, okay? I'm going to skip this because this ayahs, these ayat are talking about uh, the battle of, uh, of uh, Badr, okay? Uh, Allah's mother returns to the uh, topic at hand. Hmm? He returns to the topic at hand uh, right here. I'll, I'll come back to those ayat. Okay. Here. Hmm? Uh, Arham, could you read that please? وَلَقَدْ كُنْتُمْ تَمَنَّوْنَ الْمَوْتَ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ تَلْقَوْهُ فَقَدْ رَأَيْتُمُوهُ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ Abdul Muhaymin You were longing for death before you met it. Now you have seen it with your own eyes. Hmm. This was what the Allah says. You wanted to go to battle and now you, in the middle of battle, experienced death. That was a very dangerous thing, okay? In the middle of that, the Prophet ﷺ, there's a rumor that the Prophet ﷺ has been killed. Hmm? In the battle of, of Uhud, there was a person who looked like the Prophet ﷺ and he uh, was martyred. The people of, uh, everybody started saying, you know, Qutila Muhammad, Qutila Muhammad, Muhammad ﷺ has been killed. And at that point, many Sahaba gave up. They're like, if the Prophet has been killed, what's the point of fighting? So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Is this how you should behave? If you should die or be killed, will you turn back on your heels? Hmm? This is how this is how things are. That when something bad happens, you just give up? No, right? This is not how you should be at all. Uh, this is it didn't happen but even if it does happen because he will pass away eventually you should not just leave the religion because now it's more difficult right no we keep doing things because Allah Allah is always there he doesn't die he doesn't uh, you know become weak so we worship Allah Allah not like a particular person because a human being will eventually die and will have weaknesses right we follow the Prophet but if the Prophet uh, like in the battle of Uhud was to die, he didn't die, right? You still continue to do what he had asked you to do. Now us, the Prophet has passed away many years ago. We still continue to do what he has taught us, despite the fact that he وسلم, has passed away. Uh, and if you don't, if a person doesn't do that, they actually only harm themselves. They don't harm uh, Allah or uh, you know the, the religion in any way. They only harm 
themselves. Okay. This is how Allah says had, uh, what had happened before. Many prophets before fought and many devout men with them fought before. This is how previous ummahs were. Prophets that were sent before very similarly experienced a similar situation. Now, I want to talk to just because uh, we're running out of time. I want to conclude with a couple of things here. Okay. Number one, as the... Uh, as the battle was raging, Allah Subhanahu says he made good his promise to you, right? When you were about to destroy your foes. You see, this was the thing. Allah Subhanahu had promised that he will help the believers and Allah had made good on his promise. Until what? Hatta idha fashiltum, but then your courage failed you. Watanazaatum fil amr, you disagreed among yourselves. About what the Prophet had said. And you disobeyed after he had brought you within sight of what you had wished for. What is this referring to? This is referring to the archers. The Prophet told the archers, don't move, whatever, doesn't matter what happens. The archers got up and moved when they said, Ah, we see what we like. Stuff that you liked, free stuff, greed. Some of you desired the world and others desired the hereafter. That was the turning point. That was the turning point when everything went to, uh, went uh, basically uh, sideways. And Allah SWT mentions this and makes it very clear. All right. And this unleashed destruction upon the believers to the point where the messenger himself was retreating and his uncle is martyred and his close Sahabi Musab is martyred. All of these people are martyred uh, and uh, all of this was because hmm? you wanted the life of this world. You wanted your greed overpowered you. Subhanallah, right? Now, you notice these ayat are talking about, this is the one point, uh, but Allah SWT, uh, by the way, He says He has pardoned you. Allah is very gracious to the believers. He is not going to uh, let this mistake define you. He has forgiven you and the, the point is to learn the lesson. But now you notice I'm at Ayah 152 and at the very beginning of this, we began at Ayah number, at Ayah number, 121, right? 121 is where we began. And 152 is where Allah subhanahu wa explains or uh, uh, this, uh, this, uh, you know um, mentions the result uh, of the battle and the cause of defeat, right? What happened in the middle of these ayat, right? The middle of these ayat is very fascinating. Okay, and I'm going to end with that, inshallah, okay? The middle of these ayat, ayah number 130, Allah says what? Arham, can you read this? And I'll read the uh, English afterwards. يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تأكلوا الربا أضعافا مضاعفة واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون. Believers do not devour usury multiplied many times over. Fear God so that you may prosper. Okay, this is a very interesting ayah in the middle of the passage of the Battle of Uhud. Also, Allah SWT says, you know, obey Allah and His messengers so that you may be given mercy. What is this referring to? This is referring to a person being greedy. Greedy. Oh, believers, don't be greedy. Don't put your personal gains and benefits over the collective. 
or the group's benefit. If you were to do that, that is how you lose. That is how you lose. So the Quran, the battle of Uhud, we talked about the battle before we looked at the ayat. And in Surah uh, Ali Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains how he references what happens, right? But more than that, he actually wants us to understand and take away the lesson that number one, you lost because you didn't listen to Allah and his messenger. And that's always the case. As Muslims, if we step away from our religion and don't follow what Allah and his messenger have said, long-term, we are going to lose, okay? And number two, and this is like a more personal thing, greed. If you're greedy, you are going to sink the ship. If you are greedy as an individual and you're all together, you know, like say a group of people, your individual greed will sink the whole group with you. It's going to take everyone down. And that is the lesson that he wants to teach us from the battle of Uhud, that don't be greedy. Don't put your personal benefit over the benefit of others. This, How does this tie to the whole theme of the surah? True faith. What is true faith? True faith is worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, putting Allah first and ourselves second. This battle of Uhud taught us that if a person is selfish, they have actually done the opposite of what Islam asked them to do. They have put their desires above the above the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is the beginning of the end. That's the beginning of the downfall. A very, very important lesson. We think about greediness, right? We think about how we are as individuals, how, how we uh, are, you know, we want things for ourselves first and foremost, but our religion teaches us, yes, take care of yourselves and your needs, but not at the expense of others. That's a very key lesson. Inshallah, with that, we'll end. For being uh, here on time and being with me, inshallah ta'ala, we will reconvene next week where we will uh, explore the uh, last part of Surah Ali Imran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about some of the lessons that we should take away from this uh, battle of Uhud, number one, and number two, how everything ties together with uh, achieving true faith and uh, you know, bettering ourselves as believers. Thank you very much. Subhanakallah.